ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to today's episode of Midweek Mind Candy. We're awfully glad you stopped by. We hope that when you leave this show today, you have some mind candy for the week, something to think about, and a, a moment to figure out how the words that we talk about on this show play into your everyday life. My name is Stacy Johnston. I'm honored to be here with you, and equally as honored to sit alongside my co-host, Cassie Holland. Cassie, how are you today? I am doing wonderful. It is a beautiful morning so far, and I'm just grateful to be alive. How are you? Me as well. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad it's not 106 anymore. Fall is kind of beginning to set in. The, the birds are changing and what's coming around. So I, I enjoy the change of the season. And as like I said, it's a beautiful day. And I love having these conversations. Every time we have these recordings scheduled, I get up thinking about it. Right? You, you know, I know both know. We don't, we don't choose the words ahead of time. We pick a list of words. We send them out. And we wait until we're about to get ready to record to decide what word we're going to talk about next. And so I love the transparency and the bumper stickers of wisdom. Girl, we get the best one-liners ever from these shows from, from people about the concept and the meaning of a word. It just fascinates me. How about you? What's your draw? I think I've said it before. I appreciate... I appreciate the the different aspect, right? Because we've had, with both shows combined, we've had over 360 episodes, and not one person that we've talked to has said the same thing about anything. I love that, too. And that's 360 different opinions, different views, different feelings, different, you know, and that's just on our show, right? Imagine all the difference everywhere else. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's another good thing, good point that you brought up, brought that home to me, is how we are all the same and uniquely different. Absolutely, wonderfully, perfectly flawed and differently made by design. But that's what, you know, it's like you buy the big box of 64 colors and you're all excited because you have every color that Crayola has and you get there and there's two missing. Wouldn't you be mad? It, it takes it takes all the colors and all the names and all the labels to fill the box. And I think that brings to home that for us, that there's all the colors in the world are in the box out there. We just got to put them in the box. It's just, it's beautiful to me. So let's get this conversation underway. We have a lady joining us today that was kind enough to join us on our Uncaped Heroes podcast, and we had a beautiful conversation. And she agreed to come back and do this one with us. And, hey, I want to know why, and I would like to introduce her. So ladies and gentlemen, Maybe bring back to the stage, Miss Betsy Sloan. How are you? Hi, Stacy. Hi, Cassie. Thanks for having me back on the show. I so appreciate it, and I'm excited and looking forward to it. How are you, ladies, doing? We're great. So, Betsy, what was your draw to coming back and doing this show with us? You know, it's this different concept. What made you want to do it? You know what? <laughs> I'm at a point in my life. <laughs> I'm going to be 65 in December, that I am game to try new things and see how they go. I, I don't live in fear anymore. I live in, in my power, the higher Amen. power also. I like it. All right, well, let's kick this show off today. Today, basically, we're going to talk about the word money. When you hear the word money, where does money sit with you? <laughs> 
I don't have enough of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, no, I don't. I'm on uh, Social Security, actually, and I don't uh, – money's tight. And, you know, with the inflation uh, going through the roof, you know, you're spending more money on groceries and gas. So there's less of it, but I'm managing. Um, I can't work outside the home anymore. So I just, you know, have faith that God's going to provide for me. Amen. Amen. So you feel like you don't have enough of it. How about you, Cassie? When you hear the word money, what do you think? Ah, <laughs> uh, Choices. Right, whether it be good or whether it be bad. People, in my experience, the more money that people have, the worse choices they make. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Money makes people act ways and do things and say things that they wouldn't normally do. Right. Money is the one thing that can cause issues between siblings or between friends or between partners or between, you know, it, it, it causes so much, but the world revolves around it, right? So. Yes, it does. Choices. What are you going to spend your money on? You know, you hear people say all the time, well, you can't take it with you when you go. No, you cannot, but you damn sure need it while you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you do need it while no. you're here, absolutely. You know, when I think about money, I have some pretty mixed feelings about money. Right, I, I took some time and some training to really kind of, I took a class one day on how I feel about money. And it was very enlightening to me. To, to really realize where my concepts of money came from, my opinions about money, my feelings about money, how much of that was learned behavior from what I saw, how I watched my parents manage money, how I watched my grandparents, what they did with money, how people reacted to money. You know, about 25 years ago, maybe, we had a nonprofit organization and we had a quest to raise a very large amount of money um, to take a bunch of kids on a once-in-a-lifetime adventure. And I saw behavior and personalities come out in people I had known for years that were so... If, if you would have told me they would have behaved that way over money, I, w- I would have called you a liar. Right? Nah, they're not going to act like that. Shocking to me how, like you said, how much personality change there was when it came to that kind of money. You know, if we were wrapping Christmas gifts in the parking lot of the studio, it was no big deal, right? Whoever stopped and wrapped their presents, made a little money, was fun. But we had a beautiful event one night, and it was insane, the personality that came out through that quest. So like you, I think money is, to me, there are more things more valuable. We have to have it. It's hard to buy groceries, pay for utilities right now. I can't imagine raising a house full of small children and getting it all done and being able to pay for it. I feel I have a lot of empathy for the financial situation that we're in. 
But there are so many things in my life right now that are much more valuable than money. Like this podcast to me, the people we get to meet, the experiences we get to have, the stories we get to hear, the conversations we get to unfold are worth way more than money in my life to me right now. So, Bethy, where does that take you? You know what? I loved what you both said because I get asked all the time with my show, do I make any money? And my, my show is a labor of love. And I feel just the way you do, Stacey, that, you know, if I can help one person, if one person hears my show that's helped by somebody, that is worth it to me. Um, mm-hmm. And money can't buy that. And money can't buy uh, happiness or, or inner peace because if it did, these rich people who have committed suicide wouldn't have committed suicide if they if money bought happiness. And uh, Cassie, I liked what you said that you know people do make uh, choices, and you see you do see sides of people, especially when it comes to inheritance, right? Um, I have heard of stories of adult children telling their parents, don't put mom or dad in the home. What about my inheritance? And that blows my mind because I was like, sweetheart, we don't owe you anything. We raised you. You, have a roof, you had a roof over your head. Um, go get a job. Make your own money. Uh, and then, you know, with money, I think, becomes um, people have this sense of entitlement, Oh, I have money, so therefore I'm entitled and I could treat you any way I want. And that's not how it should be. Um, People think of money, like if you have money, you're very successful, which somebody might be. But what kind of person are they? What are they doing to help their fellow man? That's more interesting. I love it. Cassie, how about you? You know, I think a lot of it comes from how you grew up, right? You grew up with, and we've talked about this before, the mindset of abundance or the mindset of scarcity. So if you have a mindset of abundance and it doesn't matter how much money you have, right, you're fulfilled. You're always fulfilled no matter what. You just have that mindset. It's all going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. If you have the mindset of scarcity, it's never enough. Mm-hmm. Right? You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have enough this. You're never going to have enough that because of the fear of being broke. And in my experience, that comes from how you're raised. Mm-hmm. I do believe that, too. I do believe that you come into money in your life with a preconceived notion about what that's about. It's how it's presented to you. Like I said, it's how you see it. It's how, you, it's how you're what you're taught about money. It's where those basic things come along. And at some point in your growing up, then we get our own concept of money, what it's about for us, what it does for our life. And it's interesting to see sometimes how much those ingrained beliefs about money compete with your current day need, want, or desire for money, right? How it changes things, how it changes the way you see things. 
Yeah. So when you're coaching with – go ahead. I'm sorry, Kathy. No, I was going to say it definitely does. It changes how you see everything. I'm going to step in here. All of a sudden, it got really loud in front of my house. When you look at the, when you look at at, at Miss Kathy, let's take you raising children, and Betsy and I, you and I are both past that moment, right? I'm I'll be sixty in November, and so we come at you and I probably come at money from a different mindset through our experience growing up than Kathy, being a generation below us, right? And there's a lot of people right now that are concerned about the 73 million baby boomers that are fixing to retire because that's where all the money is. They had the investments. They saved. They were post-depression babies, right? And so I think their concept of money was very different than it is today. I'd like both of your opinions on that. Betsy, do you see a different concept of money and generation coming up versus the one that we're in versus our parents? Uh, Yeah. Um, I grew up. In a lower middle income uh, family, there was four children, and money was always tight. My parents always thought about money, and I tried to um, teach my son when he needs clothes to shop around and get more for your uh, dollar. You know, you could buy the $100 pair of jeans. That's what you want. But why do that when maybe, well, this is back then, when you could get three pairs for $100? So which one do you want? And, well, my son, because he has a cognitive disability, he doesn't really understand money. Um, To him, $14 might be the same as $100. But Mm -hmm. I do uh, try to tell him that, you know, especially now that money is getting tighter, that, you know, we can't do as much stuff uh, as we would have liked to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way it is. Um, but I think, uh, Cassie, you were right. You know, the the abundance, like I don't feel that I'm deprived. Um, and I don't feel that um, uh, like a lower uh, income I think people value, put value on people according to what they make, um, especially like in, in growing up. My parents thought that, you know, if you wore a suit and tie, you were very successful because you made uh, money. Money was very important to them because they didn't have it. Um, what would you call a status? It was very important to them. So, it, but status to me doesn't mean anything. Um, I and I think people just judge people based on their salary or their money, but definitely. Um, and I worked in a preschool, Stacy and Casey, and these children wanted for like nothing, but their parents didn't pay attention to them. And now I think in today's day and age, it's instant gratification. I want this, so I'll buy it instead of earning it. I had to earn what I had. Four kids in a family, my parents told us right up, you want a car, you work for it. You want car insurance, you work for it. We can't give it to you. And I think if children would work for things, they would appreciate it a lot more. 
you know, Kathy, how do you see it from your end of the spectrum? I Kathy, oh there you are. I don't know. So so I grew up with. I mean, still to this day, I I don't feel like deep down inside I am deprived of not one single thing, right? And and I don't mean like I have the newest. $185 pair of shoes and, you know, $300 pants. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is, is that internally I am content, right? I, I, don't, I don't want for anything, right? But it's because I grew up with that mindset of abundance. of It's all going to be okay. No matter what happens, it's just going to be fine. You're going to live. It's going to be fine. But having... So my kids are, right, I homeschool my kids, right? Part of it is because I feel the need to protect them, right? But their age, right, my, my son is eight, and he takes jiu-jitsu. And he, all the little kids in his class have iPhones. They're eight. <laughs> and he's like, Mom, can I have a phone? I'm like, no, you cannot. Who do you need to call? He's like, you? I'm like, why? You're with me all the time. You don't need a phone. He's like, well, all the other kids have one. I'm like, I don't care. They don't. You don't need a cell phone. And I was just talking about this the other day, right? I think, personally, I think when you hand a kid a phone, right, you're, you're taking away their boredom, right? So you're taking away their their ability to use their imagination to to explore their emotions, you know, and realize that just because you didn't buy that video game or buy that T-shirt or buy that snack at the gas station doesn't mean that their life is not just as beautiful. And I think, that. I think that step is where a lot of people... Right? They spend so much time focusing on what they don't have that they forget to look around and realize that they are beyond blessed. Amen. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love it. I think... Yo, Betsy? I say amen to that. That's true. So true. It really is true. It really is true. You know, I, cell phones weren't a thing, you know, when we were growing up. And when our, my kids were growing up, I kind of like did did like dating. When you can drive and have a driver's license and are old enough to have a date, then you can have a phone. Till then, you're with me anyway. Yeah. And I, I see little kids, little bitty kids and, and parents. And I, I, think it's, I think it started in between, Betsy, I think it started in between you and I and Kathy and, and being in her mid-30s. I think that that mold parents underneath us, but before her is where the really role started with, you don't have to work for it. I'll just see that you have it. And I think that ethic, that work ethic, that drive to, if you want it, earn it is missing. And I agree. You know, well, for I a long time, go ahead, Kathy. 
I think people camouflaged, I'm going to give my kids the life that I never had with, you don't have to work for it, I'll just give it to you. Yeah, with everybody get to participation ribbon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They camouflaged it with inclusion. You know, like, well, we played soccer too, and we didn't win a trophy, and now my, my child's feelings are hurt. Well, you know, there's a, my grandmother would say, well, play soccer better, right? <laughs> like, if you want to win the trophy, then you've got to play soccer better, right? And then there's that generation, there's a mindset around that goes, oh, no, everybody needs to feel like a winner. So everybody gets a trophy. So now you get a trophy just because you bought pink socks, not because you won soccer. And so I think it's taken that need to achieve, that drive to be first, to, and not just be in the science fair, win the science fair. If you have to be, have a, my mother used to tell us, if you're going to be in the science fair, you might as well win the science fair. Right? But I think, again, that comes all the way back around to your concept of wealth, Cassie, like you said, a, a mindset of abundance versus, versus a mindset of, of scarcity. And money plays so much into that. Right, you look at all the money they talk about being spent on this campaign, and, and to what? To trash everybody? Right? What's, what's the good purpose of money? Let me ask you this all random, okay? If you had won the billion-dollar lottery a couple of weeks ago, what would you have done with it? Betsy? Wow. I would, <laughs> I would get a new house, because the house I live in has a lot of problems. And I would love to set up something for caregivers. Um, non-profit and maybe have like a commune type uh, place where caregivers can come and they can help each other out with um, just uh, with respite um, and, you know, help my mom out and help people out that I know are struggling. What a beautiful idea. I love that. I, I got chills. That's cool. Kathy, how about you? What would you have done with a billion dollar win? Actually, I was talking to a gentleman at the gas station right, right before that, right before the, the drawing for that lottery, and we were talking about what, he said, what would you do with all that money? And I was like, well, you couldn't, nobody could spend that much money, right? You would have to share it. It would have to be something that would change multiple lives. Right, so by the time that conversation was over, I had a lottery ticket in my hand, and I was like, if I win, I got you. And he's like, well, if I win, I got you, so come see me tomorrow. Right, so it was <laughs> cool that everybody was just like, man, if I win this, we just got to share it, right? We got to help people because that's a lot of money. Yeah. Right, and my husband yeah. and I were talking about it, and he was like, what would you do? I was like, I would change so many lives, right, because yeah. I, it would be something – I feel like it would be something that you couldn't selfishly take, right? They'd be like, you want a billion dollars. I'm like, Psh. Then me and the guy at the gas station are friends. Me and the lady at McDonald's, we're friends too. Like, <laughs> uh, I love it. I, I heard that more than I heard independent satisfaction of need from so many people that I asked. And I asked a lot of people, what would you do with that money? just to see what the mindset was. And I was pleasantly humbled by how many people that said, oh, I'd do this. I'd help this group. I'd, I'd fund this. I'd, I'd make this better for people. It was, it, was, it was beautiful. You know, in this world, it's all about me, 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 me. 
seems to be, oh, you offended me, and oh, you stepped on my toe, and me, 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 the kindness and the grace that people were willing to take that much money and, you know, do things with. <clears throat> and me, you know, I would have set my kids up and my grandkids and my husband to spin the globe where do you want to live, you know, pick a ranch, let's go have one. And then I would have done my very best to see that there was not a homeless, hungry, lonesome veteran in this country. Amen. Not one. If I had to build 10 ranches and give them just a place to live, that's what I would have done with it. Right? They do what they do, so we get to have this podcast today. And uh, So that's what I would have done. So I love the grace. And uh, ladies, we are regretful at a time where we're going to have to wind this down. With respect to you, Betsy, as our guest, and with respect to our audience and their time, I am honored to have had this conversation with you. Um, Betsy, this is one of those moments when this time is way more valuable than any Ben Franklin I could have had in my hands. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for your transparency and your, your conversation, your willingness to just share this time with us. I greatly appreciate it very much. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today with money? Oh, sorry, hit the mute button. <laughs> how would you like to leave us with money today, Kathy? I would like to leave with a challenge, right? And my challenge is to encourage our audience to think about what view you see life from. Are you seeing it from a viewpoint of abundance or a place of scarcity, right? And if it, if so, what caused you to feel that way? Oh. That's a good one. That's a good moment of self-exploration. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you, Kathy, for your time today, for your wisdom as well. Betsy, we would be honored if you'd take the stage for us and close out our show. How would you like to leave our audience today with money? Well, I want to thank you, Stacey and Kathy, for having me on and enjoyed our conversation. You are both wonderful human beings, and I wish I could hug you. Uh, with money... <laughs> I feel that, you know what, you make do with what you have and what, look at see what's important in your life because money really cannot buy your inner happiness. It cannot buy your health. Uh, it might buy better medical care, but it really won't buy you your health back. And we need to be happy with who we are and what we, and what we have. Um, that we are blessed. You know what? I say if I could walk and talk and take care of myself, I'm blessed. Anything else is extra gravy, extra blessings. I really learned to appreciate just what I have. And um, money cannot buy true happiness, folks. You have to find your your inner peace. And, um, yeah, money's nice to have, but money isn't – uh, everything. And I love what you said, Stacey, about helping the veterans. That's beautiful. That's exactly what I would do for caregivers. Um, and um, I just wish I had the money so I could help people, that I, I could have uh, group homes. I would love to be able to invest in setting up group homes for people so they don't have to be warehoused in these big facilities. And just to help people, you know, that's my mission and vision is to help people, and that's 
that's how I get paid. I get paid by knowing that I've helped somebody and that you can't put a price on that. And that's what I, I have to say. Thank you. Thank you.